0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, we are just two weeks away from opening day. How are you feeling about that, man?
1: I'm feeling freaking awesome about it, man. Baseball is literally right around the corner. You and I are going to that game, obviously. We talked Mm -hmm. about that. That's only that. That's one out of 162, though. Got a lot more games to go down. Like, two weeks Spring training will be out before we know it. And we'll, we'll, our butts will be in the, in the Rogers Centre, man. It's going to be sweet.
0: Oh, I can't wait. Not just for us, too, like for the fans all around baseball to finally oh. get back in Toronto for a full season. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, but now we've talked about the Blue Jays a lot during the offseason. We're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about the rest of the American League East. Uh, who are the big teams that the Jays are going to be competing against as we try to become World Series champions? Uh, we're going to dive into each of the four other teams, And we're going to talk a little bit about what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are and how the Jays should be able to stack up against them going into uh, 2022. But first, Riley, before we get into that, the Blue Jays made a trade this morning. They certainly did. Yeah. We are sending outfielder Randall Grichuk and cash considerations to the Colorado Rockies in exchange for outfielder Ramel Tapia and a 19 year old second base prospect, Adrian Pinto. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Huge thoughts on that, man. So Gets Gritchick off the books with, in considerations with the cash being dealt around. Mm-hmm. It's always good to get a prospect. prospect Let's yep. just talk about Tapia for a second. Um Ramel, Ta- Ramel Tapia um, is a lefty bat, which is, mm-hmm. we, were, we were so thirsting for in this lineup. He's a guy that doesn't barrel a ball up a whole lot, but he's a guy who gets bad on ball. He's a guy who can get on base. He's not an elite contact hitter by any means, but he's someone with wheels, can turn singles into doubles, triples, you know, doubles into triples and vice versa. Um, and an above average defender for sure. The speed really helps in there. And he was playing in a huge course. Yeah. Field. Yes, and that is. outfield is is giant. I seen a couple of the highlights from him. His arm looks better than what I thought it was, but oh, his yeah. glove rock solid. Rock solid glove. I mean that's a that's a big thing. Gritchik, definitely known to be a defender. Um, but I think add the lefty bat getting a little bit of a deal on the the price there, grit cost us 10 and whatever million, mm-hmm. Tappy under team control. I think that's a big win for us, and the prospect too, who I had not heard about until today, and now I'm a little more excited um, <laughs> because I thought it was I thought the deal was pretty even. Um, an MLB player for an MLB player, but no, we went out and got a second baseman to add uh, to our plethora of great pipeline infielders, Jesse.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like the Jays essentially just bought a prospect here, like sending out Randall Gritchick and then adding more salary retention to it in order to get a prospect back in return. And I think that's just smart, like general managing that you see people do nowadays is to go get this guy, especially for the contract relief. Uh, You talked about Tapia there. Yeah, he's six foot three, 175 pounds. Like you said, he's not that good of a hitter. He doesn't barrel it up too much. He has a lot of ground balls. Now, for a guy who has wheels like Randall Tapia, that's not too bad, because eventually he can beat a few of those out. It's not like he's like Kendrick Morales and beating the ball into the ground, where it's an out every time. Um, Speed is his best tool. Like, the Jays don't have a lot of burners. We have, like, Bo Bichette, who can run. We have Teoscar Hernandez, who can run. But we don't really have a lot of guys who are just known for their speed. Uh, He's a left-handed batter, which is huge, which is what this team needed. I think... I don't know if the upside's there. He is a former top prospect. I think in 2016, 2017, he was actually top 50 in all of baseball. So there are tools here in Ramel Tapia's game that maybe the Jays are going to try to break out. But at some point, he kind of just is what he is, right? I'd expect the average to go down with how he was in Colorado because he hits the ball on the ground so much. But if you want to look for a positive sign in Ramel Tapia, his strikeout percentage has gone down each of the past three years, and he was above average last year. And his walk rate has actually increased over the past three years as well. So those are good signs you'd like to see, especially from a guy who's probably going to be coming off the bench for this team.
1: Yeah, I, it could go either way. I mean, he is a he's a superb. Choice for us. He, he's a great option. Let's just put it that way. Um, is he going to play all 162 games? Probably not, but I think this guy could play anywhere from 60 to 100. I mean, that's certainly not out of the question for the Blue Jays, especially being one of the only lefty bats. And I think it's good to note with all the righty power, adding a guy who's a lefty contact hitter, who at least, mm-hmm. I mean, contact is, ai is will a, use it as a fussy word because he doesn't barrel balls up. Yeah, he's, he's got a good eye. He he hits he puts the ball in play. You know, mm-hmm. let's 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 have a guy in the lineup who will put pressure on the defenders when you got someone who's got wheels coming out of the box. I mean, that's a that's a big thing, I think, that we don't have. And now we do.
0: Right. He could be a prime guy that if you wanted to run a hit and run or something late on the ground, because he's likely just going to chop the ball on the ground and get it through. But he's going to put bat on ball. So Charlie Montoyo is going to kind of get interesting with how he used Ramiel Tapia. Now, I don't think this solves the Blue Jays' left-handed hitter because you're not going to pinch hit Ty Oscar Hernandez for Ramel Tapia just because he's a left-handed hitter. But this might be a guy maybe for Danny Jansen late in the game or something, or if we need a defensive replacement. That, that's probably where I feel like Ramel Tapia is going to slot in on this team.
1: Yeah, uh, you're possibly right. I wouldn't be surprised, though, in, in a shuffle. He'll definitely give our big boys a rest. He could play spring, take Springer's spot for a game. Could he? I'm sure he could play all outfields. I know primarily he's played left and center. I'm sure he could move to right if he needed to. And like he's he's gonna start games for us at some point. You know, knock on wood. It won't because of a major injury or anything like that. Uh, but he's gonna get some time. We're gonna get to see what he does. Um, like you said, I mean, you're when you play for the Colorado Rockies and you're hitting that course field. The stat fluctuation—it just there's no comparison. I mean, you especially can't really, average. especially in batting average. Yeah. I mean, is he a two seventies hitter? Probably not. Is he a two fifties hitter? Two two fifties, you know, maybe high two forties. Yes, which for me, that's doable. I can I can deal with that batting average.
0: The Jays are really making a bet here too on George Springer being healthy. And yes, he looks healthy, but he missed a ton of games last year. Like I'm sure Ronald Tapia could. Could fake a good center field if it was only like, say, a 10 day IL stint or something. But if Ramel Tapia is your starting outfielder, unless he takes massive improvements in his bat to ball profile and like his stack has exit velocity and stuff, Ramel Tapia can get a little buried here. So the Jays are making bets that
1: Springer is healthy and he's ready to go. Which, hey, I'm all in. Let's do it. Yeah, I like that you're on the other side of the fence for Tapia. If you want to see him come off the bench, I think that's great because there's so much talent on this team. If we saw him to eventually or maybe sooner rather later take a starting role, um, you know, I, I say he excelled. I'm, I'm taking the I know there's no over under on on what Tapia is. We don't have anything for that on Tapia, but you seem to be a little bit under. I'm maybe a little bit over, which is which is fine because we don't know much about this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. the NL, we don't, hitting in cores played in the NL West. We definitely haven't seen a whole lot of them. I
0: do want to mention the prospect that the Blue Jays acquired here. Uh, his name is Adrian Pinto. He's five foot six, 156 pounds. He's a young guy. He's only 19 years old, so he's only played one year in uh, Major League, Major League system. He was rated the Rockies' 19th best prospect in what isn't really a great farm system, uh, and that was according to Baseball America. But when the Jays acquired this guy, they now have two of the top three players in, on base percentage throughout the whole minor leagues with a minimum of 200 plate appearances. Like, Pinto had a walk-to-strikeout ratio of over two. It was 2.11. And if you have a walk-to-strikeout ratio over one, that's considered elite. And he had one over two. He was the only player in baseball, period, full stop to have that. So that seems to be his big tool. Uh, Leo Jimenez is a guy who we've seen in Blue Jays spring training right now was number three. So the Jays seem to really value these guys who walk, who don't strike out much, uh, especially who have tools. So Pinto's another guy like that.
1: Oh, I like that. That's a, that sounds good Two, anything over two uh, or anything over one is elite. Now we're talking over two. So (laughs) 200% better than league average, essentially might be even more because it's elite, right? So it's it's like, I know what you're saying. You look at a major league stat guy, or even guys in the minor leagues, they're going to have if you look at a guy with 40 strikeouts, how many walks is he going to have? 15, 17, maybe 20 if he's lucky. Mm-hmm. Especially in today's game where it's home run, strikeout, home run, strikeout, walk, walk, you know? So to get a guy back that is that has that tool, and that's that's the tool of being able to, you know, take pitches, not only take pitches, but to hit pitches that are in the strike zone to avoid striking out. It's not like he has a high... If you have high walk and also have high strikeouts, no, he has an extremely high walk rate and extremely low strikeout rate, which are two different things.
0: Yeah, the Jays have targeted guys like this for years. Alejandro Kirk is another guy who would like this in the minors coming up, who he, always, he didn't strike out much. He drew a lot of walks and he made a ton of contact. So the Blue Jays always look for guys like this. I do want to say on Pinto, though, he was just named MVP of the Dominican Summer League. And here's a stat line. He had 360 with a 487 on base percentage. A slugging of 5.43, he had 22 extra base hits and three home runs, but he had a league-leading 41 stolen bases. So he, he's a long way to go, right? But you can see the tools that this guy has, and all this cost us was sending money to get Randall Grinchik off this team. I'm excited to see where this guy ends up and what his future looks
1: like in Toronto. A lock, a, a 19-year-old, and he's not a Trout or a Juan Soto, so yeah. he's got time to, to play the minor league system. And honestly, Jesse, a lot could happen with guy, uh, with this guy in three years, it could either go one of two ways. We forget his name in the next three years and he kind of just dissipates or we get to look at someone who is potentially like, uh, like a multi-tool player as Uh, you know oh stepping up to the plate for the blue jays is a player who has more walks than strikeouts in 162 average games like could you imagine that that's i don't know if that's ever happened before but you like to dream on things like this i don't think it will happen let's have some fun with that because that number to me sounds ridiculous that's like that's that's just like you know me playing you know against t-ballers or something and i still would and i still would strike out more
0: it's the type of guy you want to put a bet on. If you're going to make a wager yeah. to try to see who can make it big, that's the type of guy who could do it. Uh, do you have any last thoughts about losing Randall Gritchick here? Like, yeah, his numbers have declined. He didn't walk that much, but he still had power. He could still play, like, a decent center field. Uh, you know, he'd shown flashes. He's shown glimpses. Like, last April, he was actually one of the Blue Jays' better hitters and they're going through, but strikeout rate kept climbing. The walk rate hit a clear low at 5%, and I think it was time yeah. to see Randall
1: go. I never hated on Grichik. There's a time and a place in someone's career. I mean, I liked Rios. There got to a, be a point in Rios' career where he, he went, he was supposed to be someone, you know, better. He, he did play well for us for a bit. So I kind of compare those two a little bit. Um, Gritchick was a great defender. Um, Colorado's getting back, um, a great power bat for. Yeah, he could in course field. Yeah. I mean, he could, he could hit 34, 35, 36. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, if he goes there and resurrects the Rockies, which are, which are going to be a bottom feeder team, which sucks. I hate sending a J <laughs> to someone who's not a good team. I do hate that for Gritchick. I love the return, but yeah, Gritchick is someone who definitely put up some good power numbers for us. And I didn't expect them to be an average guy. I didn't expect them to walk, but he declined a little bit for us and we're on the move. Like we're, you got to turn things around. You got to, you know, we've made so many new acquisitions. We're, we're making a real fresh team here and you know, Gritchick, you know, I hate to say it. He got a little stale on us. So, you know, I hope, I hope he does great in Colorado. I think he's going to put up a lot of power numbers there.
0: Yep. So farewell to Randall Gritchick. He was fun to watch for a long time. Uh, and one thing's for sure, the Blue Jays got a lot less handsome today. Gritchick's a good-looking guy. Oh, uh, yeah, well, guy. Tap, they,
1: they got, they, I don't even know, like, their hair, their hair might be the best, Lourdes, <laughs> and Vladdy, and now Tapia. Like, a yep. good-looking guy, yeah, but Tapia, like, I love the hair, man. Like, that's <laughs> just, that's so, oh, it's so good. And you know what? I love adding another guy from the Dominican Republic on this team, man. I feel like Tay Oscar and Lourdes, and with um, Guerrero's, um, you know, roots in the Dominican, like, they have the most, more fun than anyone, man, I hope Tapia joins this small sanctum of ballplayers in Toronto, and they all just have a rip and roar time, because I love watching Lourdes play the game, he has so much fun, I hope Tapia Becomes one of those players that just has fun in Toronto, man. Because I couldn't, I can't imagine it was a whole lot of fun, you know, in Colorado and losing games. He's coming here with us. And Ramiel, you're going to win some games with us, man. We're happy to have you here.
0: Absolutely. I can't wait. A couple follow ups from this trade. I I think that probably means Alejandro Kirk is our designated hitter now because there was talk about maybe putting him on the bench and having Gritschik be the DH or the right hitter. But now that he's gone, I think it opens up for Alejandro Kirk to be the DH on this team. Unless, of course, he's traded but I could be wrong here and I'm just guessing I think this might put to bed a Jose Ramirez trade at least to start the season until unless Cleveland just suddenly changes their mind I think J-Ram or Cattell Marte might have to be a trade deadline move now uh again things could flick on a switch but that's just kind of my hunch about where this thing uh leads to um. It also puts a bet that I don't think Malik Smith is going to be on this team. He was kind of the fourth outfielder guy that was running on spring training, but he hasn't made well this spring. He's made a few errors. So I think Ramel Tapia coming to this team kind of puts an end to Malik Smith being on this team. And I think this gives a real shot who we talked about in our spring training preview last week that Greg Bird might actually end up on this team to be our left-handed bench power guy bearing any other move. So, do you have any other follow-ups from this trade here? Think
1: that no, but you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that last point um, for the people who are listening more to know who's just, they, people want to know who's playing. I want to know who's playing. I think you're going to see Greg bird mm-hmm. um, play this year. You're going to see him on the major league roster. You're not going to see him on the opening day lineup, but you will see him be incorporated into this lineup for sure, because he has hit very well this year. He's a left-handed bat and, I think it's about time, you know, we'll, you'll hear more of this episode about, you know, the other teams and the one he did play for the Yankees. I think mm-hmm. Jesse that this is the year where maybe he doesn't resurrect his career, but he definitely makes a case to stay in the major leagues after this year. Like I am 100% on board with that thought.
0: You already know that'll be a game in Yankee state and would be close late. Greg bird's going to come up down a run with a guy on, and he's going to hit a pinch hit two run home run. Uh to- give the Jays the lead and Yankee fans are going to lose their shit and it's going to be so great. I can't wait for that.
1: Yeah. Hopefully he scorches it out to right field, knocks one of those stupid uh, judge wigs (laughs) off one of those Yankee fans.
0: Well, speaking of which, let's get into uh, those pesky Yankees in our divisional preview here. Uh, We've talked a lot about the Blue Jays already and what kind of we think they're going to go. We're going to do another episode a little later here where we really talk about the Blue Jays and do their season preview. Uh, Last year, the Blue Jays enjoyed a 91-win season, but we still finished fourth because the AL East was a dogfight. The Rays Red Sox (laughs) Yankees all finished ahead of us. Uh, The Jays put in a ton of work this offseason, as we've talked about in some of our previous episodes, and... As things stand right now via fan graphs, here are the Blue Jays' playoffs odds. So I'm going to read you out two numbers. I'm going to read you – the first number I read is the percentage chance to win the division, and the second number is the percentage chance to make the playoffs, and this includes the expanded playoffs. Right. Okay. So as of now, the Jays have a 45.2% chance to win the division, so just less than
1: 50-50, which okay, great. Sounds great, right? That's got to be higher than a a few more of the – like, that's got to be – Besides the West, I assume the Dodgers, that's got to be up there for for percentage.
0: Yeah, I think it's second best in baseball. And Fangraphs is giving them a 90.8, so a 91% chance to make the playoffs. So if the Jays yeah. aren't a playoff team this year, something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah. yeah. We'll touch on that as we go. Um, Yankees. I did not have... want to think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yankees have a 31.3% chance to win the division with an 84.1% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, They have the Red Sox third at 12.2% with a 63% chance to make the playoffs. The Braves with an 11.3% chance to win the division with a 60.2% chance to make the playoffs. And there's Baltimore. (laughs) 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 Um, But it's kind of amazing to me that the four teams in the AL East all have a 60% chance or better of making the playoffs. So it seems like Fangraphs kind of thinks that this is going to be all three division winners and then maybe all three wild cards coming out of this division. So it's going to be another dog fight in the AL East this year.
1: It always is, man. It always is a dog fight. I, I will go to my grave saying that the American league East from the time I've been alive and have, and have watched the game of baseball, been a part of the Jays, the American league East is just a different beast. Like used to be the Yankees and the Red Sox only, mm-hmm. but now, for some reason, we were we were talking pre-broadcast, and I just the Rays are just an elite team. Man, they will always find pitching. They will always find ways to win ball games. I don't know what camp is doing fourth on that list. I just want to make that clear. I know that. Agreed. I know that Boston went out. Boston went out and got a great infielder in Trevor's yeah. Story. We'll get on that, but. Man, Tampa, you gotta watch out for the for the Rays. They're just they're just so good, man. That's what I think our kryptonite is this year. We've really got to hold. If we're playing a four game series in Tampa, we best be winning three of those games, man, because we're gonna need them down the stretch.
0: Yeah, Jays have never performed well in the trop, just ever, and maybe in the mm. 2015 season where things started to come together. But the Jays record in Tropicana Field has just been terrible. I guess we can start with the Rays if you'd like, uh, and we can talk about yeah. them and, and their team there. Uh, they yep. finished last year. I guess they were the division winner last year, right? They finished with a record of 100 mm-hmm. wins and 62 losses. Now that was fueled. So against the Orioles last year, Tampa Bay went 18 and one against Baltimore. So were the other teams, Boston, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees were all like 10 and seven, maybe 12 and five ish against mm-hmm. this team. Tampa just went 18 and one against Baltimore. So that was the edge, how they moved past us to get to the yeah. top. So just on that note alone, they're not going to go that good against Baltimore again this year. Um, so they no. should Regress to the pack. Fangraphs has them projected to go 86 and 76 in 2022. So still a good team. Uh, mm-hmm. They added. I've got three names here. Corey Kluber was the big name that they added this year, who's oh, probably going to yeah. fit right into their rotation. Now you can say something on Kluber if you want here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just a quick thing on Kluber is yes, he's aging. Um, yeah. Kluber could. I. I like Kluber is what I, I described Pearson as he has the tools to be a great right-handed pitcher, that being fastball, changeup, breaking pitch. Yeah. Kluber at one point was that guy. And at any yes. point, if Kluber decides to, to reel it in, you know, wind the clock back, Corey Kluber could be one of the best pitchers in this division. No questions asked, Like it will take a lot. He's, I think, I don't know how old he is. I, he's over 35 or 35, but he, he's could be scary. Good he could be scary good
0: he's coming off like injury plague seasons but uh his time in cleveland he was electric probably one of the best pitchers in baseball and yeah even with his time with the yankees last year he's shown flashes like he threw a no hitter last year did Corey. Kluber. yeah so so we know it's possible and doesn't it scare you a little bit that tampa's always been so good at turning these reclamation projects into guys that they targeted cory kluber as a guy who would come in here and do this
1: so Campus Campus Tampa scares me probably more than the Yankees and the Red Sox. Right from for, it's been that's that's been my story the past two years. Is Tampa is as a Jays fan, you don't need to fear the Yankees and the Sox right as much as we used to in the past. If there's going to be a team and they did beat us last year, it's going to be Tampa. And like I said, if we're playing a four-game set, we best be winning three games against them because we're going to need those games down the stretch. And Kluber's going to help them.
0: Oh, absolutely. Tampa did lose a handful of guys, particularly the guys in their bullpen, like Colin McHugh's gone. Adam Conley's gone. Uh, Chris Archer's gone. They had Nelson Cruz last year who's gone. Joey Wendell, who was a key part of their team. Is now in Miami. Uh, Brent Honeywell Jr., who you mentioned last episode, he's gone from that team too. So Tampa's different than every other team in baseball because they've always had such a low payroll. Like they always, always have. And they really take advantage of the margins very well. They really like to go for the guys who play really good defense and they really take care of the platoon advantages. Like the hitters on their team right now, Tampa has four switch hitters, four right handed hitters, and five left handed hitters. So they match up really well, and they try to milk the platoon advantage as best as they can. And plus, with Tampa, their lineup is going to be fortified by who is one of the best young prospects in baseball, who was the best prospect in baseball coming into this year, uh, in Wander Franco, who came up last year, and he looked excellent. So Tampa is still going to be a problem, (laughs) and it's going to be a problem for a long time.
1: Yeah, and and still holding the Rosa Reina too. Um, mm-hmm. who who is, I mean, is clutch a real thing in baseball? Wow. Yes, it's it's pretty pretty well been proven, but a Rosa Arena is one of those guys with the clutch factor, man. And and with Wander Franco, who at one day is probably gonna win um silver sluggers, gold gloves at shortstop. Like he's so young, he's so talented. And yeah, they will always find ways to win. They are probably one of the most analytical, savvy teams in yeah. the MLB. The way they use their pitching—oh, it makes me sick. <laughs> I'm so old school. It makes me sick <laughs> using using openers in games. How dare you! And oh, but you know what? It served. It served Kevin Cash right when he took Snell out of that game. I'll tell you that. That, <laughs> I, and I don't even know who I was cheering for. But like, and sometimes it goes back and bites you. But they are one of the most. If 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 we're playing games by the numbers, if we're playing, you know, the game I was just telling you about that I just picked up, out of the park baseball, mm-hmm. and we're trying to get our analytics in there, and oh, what's this guy's woba versus this, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Tampa, they're they're on their computers. They're doing all the research. They've clearly they've clearly made it formulaic to their success. They. They're doing something right in Tampa. They are doing something right. I hate it, but they're doing something right.
0: <laughs> yeah, they still have some good guys too. Like Mike Zimino can still hit. Austin Meadows can still hit. Brandon Lau had a 35 home run season. So there are guys here that can do really well, but offense isn't a bread and butter. Fangrass hasn't projected for the 21st best offense in baseball. Now they do always project worse because you can't really predict the, the platoon advantage and all the stuff like that. So projections have always kind of been down on the Rays, but where the Rays really excel is in their pitching. And you mentioned how Corey Kluber could be a good upside tool. Uh, they, the Rays have two of the best young arms in baseball. Uh, with Shane McClanahan, who we saw last year, whose stuff just looks electric. Like if you go on Pitching Ninja and you watch Shane McClanahan do work, it's, it's something special. Shane Boss too, is a guy who's going to come up and probably be up to this team really early who just yeah. has electric stuff. So Tampa always seems to generate these guys that come in and are just filthy. Like they've done it for years since David price was a prospect. on
1: I know (laughs) way back when. So, Oh yeah. Oh, they're doing something right there. And my hat's off to them. If they had, if they were doing that with the same payroll, I hate them less because they're doing it on such less payroll. They're geniuses there. They're, (laughs) they're winning the game of baseball, doing the things that they're doing. Um, and you know, I don't agree with the way they use their pitchers. Um, as I said before, like, as I said, you know, probably just three minutes ago, but I really don't agree with the way they do that. I'm an old school guy. I don't like the opener stuff, but if it works, it works, man. And my hat's off, my hat's off to them. Um, But Toronto just can't lose to that team. We just cannot lose that team. And we, we need to beat them. The boys know they need to beat them. I think every team in the AL Knows that they need to beat Tampa in order to be successful in their division because they're ranked, you know, fourth best or slotted at fourth best, you know, preseason look. Like, you go in there and you're the White Sox or Cleveland in a weaker division and think, come on, guys, like, we're really going to lose to Tampa today. Yeah, yeah, and, then yeah. <laughs> and then you go out and then you walk away from Tropicana. You just won three or you just won one out of four. And you, you've used, and you got to go back, turn it back around. No days rest, and you blew every arm in your bullpen mm-hmm. because Tampa just decided to knock eleven runs and, and you know a game like Tampa's scary good, man. Tampa yeah. is scary good. I said
0: twenty first best offense, but their pitching staff as a whole is projected to be third best in baseball. So they have their over under set at eighty six wins. Rather, are you taking the over
1: under, <laughs> man? I'm taking over on 86. I think that there is going to be, for sure, three 90 team, oh, wow. 90 win teams in in the AL East, and I, and I mean low 90s wins. It's not gonna, they're all not gonna be super high, but yeah, I got I got the Rays coming in at 90 wins for sure. Okay, I'm
0: I'm taking the over on 86. I don't know if they get up to 90, but. They're going to be a good team. They always are, and there's going to be those games the Jays play against the Rays are going to be tough this year. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? We got the Yankees and the Red Sox. We'll save Baltimore for last.
1: <laughs> well, it won't be a very long segment. Let's uh, let's head over to Fenway. Let's head over to uh, let's head over to the most annoying baseball fans in the in <laughs> the, in Boston.
0: All right. Well, last year the Boston Red Sox finished ninety-two and seventy-one game ahead of the Blue Jays. Uh, They're projected to go down about by five games, projected to go 87 and 75 this year. Uh, But as you mentioned at the top there, they did just add Trevor Story to a huge six-year deal who uh, we said we both kind of like the Rockies. We've seen Trevor Story come up. Great defense, great bat. Trevor Story is going to be a real impact piece for this team. They've also added Derek Holland, Rich Hill, Canadian James Paxton, Jackie Bradley Jr. is back on this team, and Michael Walker. So Trevor Story is a superstar there, yes. But these other guys, those other five are all solid. You know, they're not spectacular, but they all do a job. They'll all be at least league average. And I think it really raises the floor for this Red Sox team. So the chance that they bottom
1: out isn't as high since adding those guys. Oh, I don't think the Red Sox bought out this year. If anyone has the biggest downside to a team in past years, definitely was the Red Sox. Yep. Um, you've you've seen it. But I think the fact of adding, of adding Trevor Story, hitting that Fenway, it's going to just be like he's hitting at, at core is the same kind of numbers. Maybe not, um, home runs are going to, are going to, you know, be in the thirties for sure. Hitting over the, the green monster. You still got Santa Bogarts. I love them bringing back Jackie Bradley jr. He's, mm-hmm. he's got to be there for their team to at least, you know, compete defensively. Cause he is, you know, statistically one of the best defenders in all of baseball for an outfielder. Um, of course you gotta worry about JD Martinez, just a yep. pure power hitter. Like I mean when you think he's gonna decline, he doesn't <laughs> um adding the, so it was Waka. I, I don't know they probably use him as a as a long guy, right? Or are they gonna start Waka?
0: Well, Chris Sale's hurt right now, which we'll get into. So Waka's probably the fifth guy in the rotation right now, but yeah. So, so, so he,
1: yeah. yeah, and you had Paxton and then there was another lefty in there too that I can't remember. Rich Hill, and he hasn't retired yet. So no, he got Rich 44. Hill. <laughs> so I know ready. he is. Holy, how far does he? Does he? Has he declined? Does he? How fa- fast does he throw? Eighty four now.
0: Hey, but that curveball still moves like. The I FC know. Game,
1: so. I know he was. You know what? He was still doing it with the Dodgers last time I checked. In so good. I mean, good for him. But yeah, you didn't. They added obviously a superstar infielder. But yeah, I think like. I'm a, I was a pretty big Walker guy early in his career when he was with uh, the Cardinals. I thought, you know, he didn't, he didn't pan out to be that level that maybe he was once projected to be, but certainly, um, an above average pitcher, obviously Paxton. You hate that he's, um, on the rival team, you know, the, the big maple as they call him, Mm um, and, and then Rich Hill, the ageless wonder. I guess. And I guess we're going to see what we get out of him. But then they got you know Sale, who's hurt, but he'll be back. And that Rodriguez guy, who's who's he's, you he's know he's gone, gone now.
0: He's gone. He signed with Detroit in the offseason. season. Oh no kidding! eh? Yeah. So he's another player
1: that uh, that left well, who's this thing. The, Yeah. So who would be there? So who would be their two guy behind Sale then?
0: So they have uh, Nathan Ivaldi, who was a Ivaldi, yes, <laughs> yeah, who quietly yes. has been oh. really
1: good for years. Oh, very good for, like, he was, uh, forget where it was, like, I don't think I saw him pitch for Boston, but his numbers appeared on the Jumbotron or something like that, mm-hmm. and Evaldi has never had, like, real good numbers, but I think he's a very hard thrower, which is always, which is always dangerous. He's never you been a elite. righty who can throw, hard. when you have okay, a righty who can throw hard.
0: Yeah, he's never been elite, lead, but he's always been very good, and he's done that for years now. Uh, you talked about the offense that this team has, like with Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, j v D Martinez to go along with Trevor Story. And if you add in like Alex Verdugo is a very solid player. Bobby Dahlbeck is looking like the real deal. Like this Red Sox offense is actually going to be really good. They're projected currently as the sixth best offense. And I didn't even mention TK Hernandez or you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or like some of these other guys who could put bat on ball. So yeah, the Red Sox might be a problem offensively.
1: Yeah. The, well, AL East you play with probably if you were to combine um, all five teams from each division and make one super ballpark, the AL East is the smallest ballpark based off dimensions. It's 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 it's, it's a hitters friendly, maybe not Baltimore, but yeah, like, it's a hit, yeah, yeah, it's a hitter friendly environment, which seems to go well because the AL East always, regardless of the, the ballparks, seem to always have the power numbers. Um, I don't think. Yeah. Devers is a great player. There's no question about it. I don't think I hold him in as high regards as a lot of people do for third baseman. I don't know why that is. Um, He's a great hitter. He's a great defender, but I just don't see him at that MVP level. He's definitely not at that Jose Ramirez level to me. If you're to make, if I'm to make the comp right there. Um, Yes. He's still young. I don't think he gets a lot, lot, lot better though. If anyone's Mm -hmm. kind of the sleeper on that, you said it, man, Kike Hernandez. Um, Another guy with that clutch gene, Um, uh, maybe not a guy who hits, you know, 290, even 285 in the regular season, but down the stretch, he might go go 400 over a couple weeks span.
0: He's the type Um, of guy that if he's clicking, right, if this Red Sox team is going to be clicking.
1: For sure, man. Oh my God. And then you get sale back. And it's, it's, the, it's the Kluber discussion. all They just do it all over again. You got a guy who was one of the top lefties. Yeah, maybe it was him and Kershaw and Baumgartner, like that were the top three lefties in the league. Um, if you get him healthy and he's clicking, then uh, you got another dangerous guy And in Chris Sale. Because he is a guy, once upon a time, if he can wind it back too, then watch out for Chris Sale. And that's an obvious one.
0: Right. The downside of the Red Sox could be their rotation. Like all those guys we just mentioned that they've added, uh, yeah, are solid. But I don't think any of them really have the elite upside to be a real great starter. And if you look at the rest of their rotation, like Nick Pavetta's in there. They have Tanner Tanner Houck, who I really like, but he's just, you know, he's kind of just a guy right now. Uh, Depth could be a really big issue for this Red Sox team because they're an injury or two away from Thomas Pinoam coming here and starting games for the Boston Red Sox. and as a Jays fan in 2017, 2018, we know how that can end up. Yeah. So if if the Red Sox stay healthy and they put their team together, they could be really good. Their bullpen has some question marks too. Matt Barnes and Whitlock and Brazier and Deekman, they're they're just kind of guys to me. They're there, but they they don't have that elite yeah. upside here. And Fangraph seems to think so too. They give their staff right at league average, is 14th best in baseball. So sixth in hitting, 14th in pitching. They've raised their floor a lot. I don't think they're going to be worse than 500, but whether they can get up to the 95 wins and win this division, I don't know. That might be a little tough.
1: No, I think if we're going to put a win, I don't know what the projection is. I think they barely, barely miss out on that 90 win. I think, I think 87 wins for the Red Sox is not the worst season they could possibly, like, it's still good, but look at who they're competing with, man. Like story's probably going to have a great year there, um, and I think they're pitching. I don't know. Fourteenth does sound pretty high, though. It, it does sound high. Their hitting is definitely going to be what they're going to win a lot of games, seven to six, and they're going to lose a lot of games, you know, like eight to eight to two, because yeah. their pitching just didn't have it.
0: So Riley, I have the over under set exactly at eighty seven. Are you taking? Oh. Are you going higher. Are you going lower? Or are you going to push?
1: I'm. So I got to pick. Oh, I said eighty seven. So I'll say. I'll say, I'll say under, I'll say 86 then. Like I'm gonna, right. I'll dance, I'll dance right on that mark. I don't think it's too far off, man. I really don't. I think they're going to, I think they're going to score a lot of runs. I think they're going to give up a lot of runs too.
0: Well, Jays have played a lot of slug fast at Fenway park in their time. So this season should be no different. Let's keep it yeah. going. I guess that leaves us to the New York Yankees then everyone's favorite team. Uh, they finished 92 and 70 again, one game ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays last year. Uh, I don't actually have their, oh, oh, the projected record here is 91 and 71. So they're projected to be basically the same team, give or take one win. Uh, the key additions in the offseason so far, is they re-signed Anthony Rizzo. They made a trade to acquire a former Blue Jays MVP, Josh Donaldson, and Isaiah kiner uh, falefa And they've also added Marvin Gonzalez on the same day the Red Sox went out and signed Trevor Story. uh they're losing a few guys from this team. Rube Nando has gone. Clint Frazier's gone. Corey Kluber's gone. Andrew Heaney, Luke Voigt, Gio Urshela, and Gary Sanchez are not on this team anymore. So give me your initial thoughts on the New York Yankees here.
1: Yeah, so that Gio Urshela and um, Gary Sanchez trade was pretty wild. Um, obviously, the Yankees had just had enough of their catcher. And at yeah. one point, Gary Sanchez was probably looked at to be like the best power catcher or could be the best power catcher in baseball. Now I just think that that's not happened. Like, I think, like, I think we could see him out of the league in a couple years. Now, Gia Urshela on the other point, I was a big Urshela guy. Oh, I, still kinda, <laughs> I still kind of, I still kind of have man. He's to me, like even just the way he looks, I used to call him little Stan cause he looks like a little John Parlo <laughs> Stanton and you know, not the smoothest infielder by any means, definitely not a power bat. But a guy who could get the job done, kind of like um, Franklin Barreto in a way, but certainly better than Franklin Barreto okay. for, for the, the you want to talk about the, the Donaldson trade. And then there's the other thing there. They got MVP winner in 2015, Josh Donaldson. That's got to sting a little bit for us. And I'll oh, tell yeah. you, it does. But you know what? I'm glad that they got a post prime Josh Johnson. But the scary thing is he's going to put up some good numbers. I I know he I know he's going to put up good numbers in AL in AL East ballparks, man. Like, again, like it could be a th- maybe high 20s or it could be a 30 home run season. I hope he doesn't put up more than that. But I think he's going to have the like your your very above average slash line where it's like, 270 you know 350 490 or maybe not 490 430 like something like that like he's still going to put up some numbers for that man it's like he's he's not in the league yet and he'll certainly if he's going anywhere to you know not resurrect his career well yeah maybe resurrect his career he didn't have the best of times with many but um you know going and hitting at yankee stadium certainly not going to hurt your career
0: He's been an injury play guy for years, and that's the thing. But Josh Donaldson still hits the ball very hard, like he always has. And he'll fit in with this Bronx Bombers Bombers team that has Aaron Judge, who crushes the ball, Giancarlo Stanton, who hits the ball very hard. So Josh Donaldson's going to fit in right with that. There's a lot of swing and miss skill in that game, and hopefully the Blue Jays pitchers can kind of work around that there. But this Yankees offense, plus with Anthony Rizzo now back in time, Joey Gallo's still there, another guy who just swings and misses a lot, but he can still hit the ball very hard. This Yankees offense is going to have a lot of power still. Now, whether they can get the average, especially if DJ LeMay, who doesn't bounce back to the way he was uh, in, I believe it was 2020, his really good year there, uh, then the Yankees could be in trouble getting on base and having guys on there. But the power is still here and the power is still real for the Yankees. So if these hitters all click, their upside could be really big.
1: Huge power, man. Huge, huge, huge power. Joey Gallo. Obviously, a one. John Carlo Stanton, two. Aaron Judge, like, and that's their outfield. Like that, those are mm-hmm. three guys that are outfielders. Uh, that's that's super scary. Um, Rizzo is not, I would say, a primarily, pri- like a primary home run hitter on any club, but he's a guy who's gonna barrel up a ball and get extra base hits just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Donaldson still at a later part in his career probably what i would call his last this might be the last um uh, you know real comp- if he doesn't turn it on josh is probably out of the league after he plays for the yankees this awesome, is kind yeah. of his this is kind of his latter season where if he does turn it on he could be scary good as well um and you didn't even mention glaber torres glaber torres yeah, Glaber-Torres, who, yeah who who could be one of the best power-hitting middle infielders in all of baseball. I mean, if he could figure it out. Same with um, Andujar, who's just probably the worst defender in the history of third baseman or whatever you <laughs> want to classify him, but can still hit the ball out of the park. The Yankees have gone out, they said, uh, you know, what part of baseball do we want to be really good at? Well, you know what? Screw batting average, screw fielding. Let's just go after anyone who can hit a baseball 470 feet and see how we <laughs> do in 162 games. And you know what? That's that's more terrifying, man. Because if you talk about the Rays being one of the most analytically savvy teams. You know, Mm -hmm. the Yankees are just downright just stupid as far as how they (laughs) assemble teams, man. And you know what? I'm serious when I say that. But you know what? Sometimes dealing with stupid is more scary than dealing with someone skilled, man. Like sometimes dumb people are dangerous, man the yankees clearly we're we're a blue jays channel here because i'm not a big yankees guy
0: the yankees do have a good like analytical department and stuff the problem is they've got a lot of money to do with it and there's a lot of pressure from the fans to spend that money and to go out and do this thing so uh yeah we'll see we'll see how things go um that's in terms of their offense in terms of pitching garrett cole's still there a lot of people think garrett cole's still the best pitcher in baseball and I kind of don't think so. I think there might be he's some signs. He's players. not even the best
1: pitcher playing in New York City. Yeah,
0: well, I can agree with that, because I think DeGrom's the best in baseball, period, full stop. There
1: you go. Okay, Just, there but, we go.
0: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they still have Garrett Cole at the top of the rotation, which is still going to be very good. But the Jays have kind of hit Garrett Cole all the time. Like, Gladys hit him well. Teoscar Hernandez has hit him well. Even Lourdes Gurriel has hit Garrett Cole pretty good. So Garrett Cole doesn't scare me. He doesn't see it like, yes, he can go out sometimes and he can lock stuff down, but I don't think he's going to be this lights out. number. He's still going to be very good. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's going to be this automatic guy who, if he gives up one run, that's a bad outing for him. I don't think Garrett is going to be that guy. anymore.
1: No, he he'll tear teams up, but it won't be the blue Jays. He will have, he will, he will, if anyone's going complete games um, against competitive teams, It's Garrett Cole. I've seen videos of him where he's thrown 120 pitches and he just stares at Boone and says, get back in the dugout. Like (laughs) I'm finishing this game and I'm pretty sure he just threw one Oh one high and high and just um, right down the middle and struck a guy out and celebrated hard. Like Garrett Cole's a player. Like he is a, he's a big game player. He's a big name. Like he's not going to, he's not going to carry them. Um, it's, they're going to have to have more pitching. I think I, I think I really like Montgomery's chances this year.
0: Oh, dear. you? Okay.
1: I, 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 I do. Um, I think, a just a good crafty lefty. He's someone that could be potentially, you know, a threatening guy, um, because he's so different from the rest of their, their pitchers. If you're facing, if you're facing Severino, if you're facing Cole, and then you got to pitch uh, or deal with Montgomery. Montgomery, Montgomery right. you know, you're dealing with a guy with a, diff- with a different craft. You're dealing with a guy with a different craft.
0: And Montgomery always has had really good breaking stuff at, that have always graded yeah. out well. But the Jays just played Montgomery in spring training, and they crushed him. His kind of been garbage for years, so not too worried about that. And you talk about the rest of the rotation here. This is where the Yankees' real downfall is. Because behind Montgomery and Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone's there has had a few good starts, a few bad starts. Uh, they do have Luis Severino, who we've seen this sh- the glimpses of him being really good. We've also seen the glimpses of him being really bad. And then right now they have Nestor Cortez scheduled to be in that rotation as well, so they also don't have a ton of depth at A either, so the Yankees can match all they want, but if they're not getting really good pitching, and aside from Chapman and maybe Luizaga in the bullpen, like Chad Green, even their bullpen doesn't seem like it's got yeah, any high impact. Yeah. So The Yankees are going to go as far as their pitching staff takes them. And if their pitching staff craters, especially if we get a step back from Garrett Cole, the Yankees could be in danger this year.
1: I like the sounds of that. I think, I I think, you know what, Chapman, at one point, Chapman, and he still is scary. Chapman, he's terrifying. Roll this Chapman is one of the most terrifying late guys to be facing. I'm sure, man, it's just, it's like, like, I don't know if guys would rather face him or Monte Rivera, to be quite honest, because a role to Chapman is just so unpredictable. At least with, at least with Mo, you knew you were going to get a cutter and it's going to break your bat. <laughs> yeah, but like with Chapman, <laughs> Chapman, I think the control is almost all gone there. And I don't think Chad's, Chad Green is going to have, you know, monster years. Um, like he's, he he's kind of just fluffed out. Like he's not a terrible pitcher. He's, I, he'll probably be their setup guy. Um, but I don't like it's, it's, it's the case of, you know, how many games is he actually going to get in? Because I I don't think the Yankee, the Yankees are going to blow through bullpen arms. They're going to, they're really thin, like you said. And I believe that for sure. Like Nestor Cortez being fifth in the rotation. Yeah, that's good. And I like his little deception delivery. I think that's all fun and cool. That is fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun. You know, I'd, I'd, you know, for one game that would be that'd be cool if he's getting a spot start. But yeah, I'd like to see what his numbers are after fifteen starts because I don't know if they're gonna be too good.
0: And we haven't even mentioned the fact that like these guys might not even be able to play in Canada if the COVID restrictions are here and they still don't have the COVID vaccines, right? Like there's that factor too for the Yankees. Uh so Riley, the over under for the New York Yankees this year is set at ninety one wins. You taking the <sighs> over or you taking the under?
1: I'm taking the under at ninety. Okay. But I say I know I just bashed their whole organization, but they're still their power numbers are still gonna just they're gonna they're the Yankees man they're gonna find damn ways to win ball games, and you know they're gonna be right around the division lead the whole time. They're the pesky Yankees man we've been dealing with since we were born. Mm-hmm. You know, even even worse back then because the Jays didn't have a real good team until especially in our era till you know the the mid 2010. So there you go.
0: So lastly, we do got to touch on Baltimore. We can probably run through the Orioles pretty quick as well, they don't have a lot going on, but they finished 52 (laughs) and 11 and uh, 110 in 2011. And they're projected for actually a 15 game increase. Fan has them going 65 and or 67 and 95 in 2022. Uh, They've added Ruben Odor, who Blue Jays fans just love. Uh, Robinson Chirinos, Shed Long, Jordan Miles, Chris Owings. These are all guys none of them are good in fact they're all probably less than good but they're veterans you need on a young rebuilding team guys to go here uh Baltimore still is in the middle of a long extended rebuild but you can kind of see signs now that the Orioles are coming out of it uh depending on what you read I think Baseball America had the Orioles as the best farm system in all of baseball so they're coming they're not here yet they might not be here next year but the Orioles are on their way and they could have a good team here sometime in the future.
1: I got two things on the Orioles that don't relate to any players because you can mention (laughs) whoever they have. They have one of the best behind Gabby Moreno or whoever the, you know, that Adley Rochman guy or whatever his name. Yeah. Who's going to be a great catcher at a major league level one day. Good for him. They got Ryan Mountcastle, who's going to be, you know, I I'll say it right now. He won't be a superstar. He'll be an all he'll probably play a full career. That Castle guy, mm-hmm. he'll be a guy who hits 25 home runs like and then a couple of spikes and hits 30 home runs and has like a 15, 12 to 15 year career and probably does a good job. And bravo to him because he's on a terrible team right now and probably not having that fun of a time. I think they'll turn it around eventually, yeah. but it definitely, for the sake of this podcast, what we're talking about, you know, if we go if, if three years down the road, we'll talk about a team that's going to finish 500. But for now, if you could hand out, because a 15 game in, increase is big. That's like, for me, I always thought this, I always got this award in hockey. It was the most improved player award. <laughs> and what that award meant to me at the time was, all right, we got to get the coaches gathered around and you got to give them, most approved player award to one of these kids. All right. Who it's to me, what that means. And if you have kids who get this award, don't, it's not the personal. I looked at, this is when I got this award. You're given the worst kid on the team at the start of the year who finished as the worst kid on the team that just got, <laughs> you know, the most better. And that was me as I felt in hockey some years. So that's kind of, i am given the most impo- improved award to the Baltimore Orioles this year, for sure. A 15 game increase. That'd be great. You know what, I st- Jesse, I still think they have 100 losses this year. I yeah. still think, I still think it's like a 59 and 103 kind of situation there. Like,
0: as long it, as those it, wins aren't coming at the Blue Jays' expense, they can beat up on the Yankees and Red Sox and Rays <laughs> all they want. We'll be happy about that. There, uh, they have Ryan Mountcastle, Sergio Mullins, Trey Mancini, and John Means oh, for the yeah. pitcher, and that's about it. That's all they've got. Yeah,
1: no, oh. I, I've, I'm big, big Trey Mancini guy. Great guy. Um, his story's amazing. It, Mm-hmm. We, we don't have time to talk about it. If you want to check out Trey Mancini's story, um, uh, cancer survivor and mm-hmm. played in the home run derby last year. It was so good to see that didn't win it, but another just a good guy for the game of baseball. And then Mullins um, is a last year? Le- late up and comer. We'll call him. I didn't even know he had that power. Mm-hmm. I didn't Cedric it. Mullins. That's, it, no, it's he's a, he's a scary guy. Um, when it's a 2-2 game playing uh, playing against the Orioles. We just hope we get four in the first and then kind of shut him down from there. He used
0: to be a switch hitter, but then he decided he hit better from the left side, so we just stopped hitting right-handed, and that's where the breakout came
1: from. So That'll do, do it, man. Yeah. That'll that'll
0: do it. Yeah, so other names to watch. We talked about Adley Rutschman. He's been the best catching prospect. He's been compared to Joe Maurer, and Joe Maurer had a great career as a catcher, and in fact, he was on MLB The show the cover twice, so if Adley Rutschman can uh, have a career like that, that would be great. We'll see. The Blue Jays will see a lot of him, and uh, they have a number one pitching prospect in Grayson Rodriguez, who I'm sure we'll see at the Major League some point this season, so watch for that. Just another name to watch as we continue to watch this Baltimore team grow and develop, but they're going to be bad in 2020, and Hopefully the Jays can take advantage of that. Riley, they're over-unders at 67 wins. You're going over, you're going under. I think you said you were taking the under, right? On, uh... oh, I think we might have lost Riley, but I'll take it here for him. I think we're going to take the under there on the uh, Baltimore and the 37 wins there. I guess we can pretty much wrap up the episode here. I don't know if Riley's there or not, or was coming back, but... I have projected the AL East to go Jays number one. I think Tampa is going to win number two. I think the Red Sox are going to finish ahead of the Yankees this year. You could kind of flip flop the two because I think there's real chance that the Yankees do just bottom out there. Um, and then obviously Baltimore coming in last, but either way, it's going to be a fun division here with the blue Jays, with the rest of the team watching the AL East teams get together. And that should kind of be your primer of how this AL East is going to wind up and it should be
1: good for all systems involved there. Anything down, Riley? am i back am i back in your party there had a little technical difficulties but um, no i certainly i I certainly think jesse that the jays are taking the al east um Mm -hmm. and i would like to say it's by a comfortable amount but you can't be too comfortable in this division um i think they do finish first i think they come ahead of the rays um who again finishes very close and then from there it kind of domino effects down. i think um I think it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. And then of course, sadly Baltimore, but it's going to be a, it, like you said earlier, it's going to be a dogfight, just a pure dogfight, man. This could, this, the, we have, it's going to be the best division of baseball. There's not, it's not a question of, is it, or, you know, it just, it, it, it it's record dependent because mm-hmm. they really, these fan graphs or whatever, they really don't account for Tampa. And I'm surprised, man, they should mm-hmm. know better by now because they always feel the competitive team. Um, and the Yankees are the Yankees. Like I said, if anybody is is uh, you know going to falter, it will be the Red Sox. I don't know why that is. It just so happens to, <laughs> and I'm okay with it. But I think this is uh, um, this is the movie, as Vlad said. Last year was the trailer, so I'm I'm buying tickets for this movie. I'm yeah, get your popcorn theater. ready. I my popcorn is so ready. Orville <laughs> Rambachers with extra mm. butter. Like I'm in there with snacks and a drink. Like I'm buckled up. I'm ready for this ride, man. And, 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 you know, I'm glad we got this episode over. I've done talking about other divisions. (laughs) I can't wait to start talking about, uh, about these games and start, you know, talking about our boys. It's going to be a good, good, good year, man. This is the year that we're going to make a huge splash. And not only this year, this, this could be the start of many good years. I is a good window for us to work out of man.
0: Yeah, so that'll really do it for us here today. Be sure to like and subscribe. I think next week on our episode, we're going to do some Blue Jays bold takes. So that's always a fun episode to do. Uh, If you have any, tweet them at us at BudJays. You can send us an email or you can uh, just comment on the video below about what you think a Blue Jays bold take is going to be. We'll read it on the next episode. We'll react to it. I know Riley and I have got some fun ones cooking that we're excited to get at next week. Uh, So yeah, make sure you... Check out our friends over at Leeson Lads. They just finished the trade deadline. They're gearing up for the playoff push. So Isaacson and Mark have you covered over there. Uh, give them a follow. Follow us on Twitter. And that's it. I think we'll see you guys next week.
1: Let's go Blue Jets. See you guys next week.